Back to Haunted Haze. This is episode eight. Eight, yes. I'm Josh. I'm Kristen. Yeah, so welcome back. So I just want to go ahead and let everybody know I'm so sorry if you hear some jingling in the background. Uh, yeah. You know, our dogs <laughs> are always in here with us. So puppies, yeah. They love it. But also, I've been moving because that theme song. Yeah, you like that bass? I love it. It just gets me dancing. Hear that bass? Yeah. yeah, every week. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the creator of that, so I hope you dig it. Right? Yeah, for real. <laughs> All right, well, cool. Uh, so this week, uh, we're talking about uh, alien abductions. Oh, this one's a little stressful yeah, for this me. this is a little bit different of a scare, right? I'm probably yeah. going to have nightmares tonight, babe. Really? Yeah. You're that scared of aliens? Abductions. Yeah, that uh, is terrifying. Like, I'm okay just knowing that they're out there. <laughs> right? Yeah. But don't just take me. Stay at a distance. Please stay at a distance. Don't yeah. take me. Yeah, you don't, don't want don't me. Don't come pick me up. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. I, don't, I just don't want all the probing. Yeah. If you, like, take me to somewhere cool, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, like yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> L- let's explore space together, yeah. <laughs> but if you're just, like, into cutting me and... Like, experiments? Things, yeah, I'm just definitely not feeling it. No. But really, uh, that kind of leads me to, I kind of have a personal story about alien abductions. Yeah, um, you should tell it. Okay, well, uh, so it kind of starts out, I'm at, I'm at my dad's, and uh, we're hanging out, and people people were there that, uh, at the time, I didn't feel like should have been there, uh, like exes, uh, old relatives and things okay. like that. It was like just an abnormal group of people to be together. Yeah, just to be hanging out at my bed. Yeah. yeah. And um, we're all kind of sitting there, and then all of a sudden we hear this, just this loud, almost like a bell explosion sound, just a boom, you know? Yeah. It's the best sound I could do for kind of, Well, kind of just like a, what I think is it, of what you would imagine a UFO to sound like. You know, yeah, maybe at the time. Sound. Well, I don't know. At the time, it just it just sounded like uh, it went across the world. It was so huge sounding. Yeah. You know, it just sounded like the earth split in two or something. Uh, so everyone starts kind of like panicking. You know, what was that? What the hell is that? What's going on? You know, what's going on? And you kind of just get this impending doom feeling. Like, I just got this impending doom feeling. And I'm trying to find my daughter. Yeah. Madeline, right? And so I'm like, where's Madeline? Where, where's where's my daughter? Where's Madeline? No one can find her. And everyone's kind of like freaked out. So someone has the idea, like, let's go back to the bedroom and basically hide. Right? I don't know why that was the idea, but that's all what we decided to do. We all went back to the bedroom and basically hid. And while we were back there, I'm like just angry, like thinking like, is you know, what is this? What's going on? Is this, what is, what, you know, I'm so angry. Like, you know, like, is this God, you know, screw this, fuck this. Is this God doing this? Bring me back my daughter. Give me back my daughter. Yeah. Type thing. And someone tells me, I forget who, tells me, like, to lay down and, and, and calm down. Everything's going to be cool. Calm down and lay down in the bed. And uh, so I'm laying down in the bed. And I'm trying to, like, just stop panicking, 
and I'm trying to like just kind of collect everything and think like, all right, if this really is like some type of Armageddon or something, I'm sure Madeline's good. Like she's at a better place or whatever. Like everything's fine. That's why I can't find her. And I begin thinking like, why would God do this though? Why would God, you know, whatever. Take her. Yeah. Like if this is God, why would he take her? You know, like what has she done wrong? Why can't our family be together? And, uh, so I'm starting to get angry about it. And at this point, everyone's basically laying in the bed with me. I don't know how, but they're all, I can kind of see them all on my periphery just like laying in the bed with me. Kind of like that Kanye video. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, so the idea is to start praying. And so like everyone starts kind of praying. And I'm in the middle of, praying and I get to the point where I'm like I would have to go find my daughter and I'm like fuck this and I go to like lean up and sit up and as soon as I go to lean and sit up I just feel like this unmovable force just stop me and then all of a sudden I just feel like I'm tingly like almost paralyzed type or whatever Uh, and I'm trying to get up and as I go to get up again, I feel like this hand, like just pressed down on my chest, and right as it pressed down on my chest, the whole room—it almost like it pixelates and kind of changes. Like it was like a hologram the whole time. Yeah. I wasn't really at my dad's. I wasn't. You really weren't in the room. bed I wasn't with really everybody. In that bed with everybody. And at this time, I realize I'm almost kind of like in like a like a hospital gurney type thing I'm assuming but I I just feel like this weight on me like I can't move at all and as it pixelates away like the room just kind of feels very hospital like just a barren room nothing really in it very surgical feeling and so like everything pixelates away I'm seeing this and I go to get up one more time and this thing kind of comes more into view and it has its hand on me and I just can't move and I see it and then like it's either like two maybe three others up here and they're like these cloaked kind of figures and I can like see their faces and they're the most just matter of fact plain expressionless face you can see and I'm even thinking, like, there might be demons or something. Because they're so just menacing looking. Yeah. And, like, they do have, like, these big black looking type eyes. Like how you think of an alien? Yeah, kind of how you would think of, you know, the alien is usually depicted. And I'm thinking at the same time I'm seeing this, I'm like, wow, maybe these are aliens. And I'm like, I'm actually seeing an alien, but I can't really see this alien's face. Yeah. I, mean, I can't really get a description other than it just looks blank. Yeah. And it kind of leans down into me, and I look into its eyes and realize that its eyes are really kind of like just these half dollar size solid black circles. Yeah. And the rest of around it is just kind of like it's like, sunken in yeah 
but it sews something in that looks black. So at like a distance or in the wrong light, you would think it like that. The whole thing. The whole thing was an eye. Yeah. But in fact, it just had these like tiny circles for eyes. Mm. Not tiny, really, but like a yeah, like a half dollar. But shot not. Thing. It's not like that big black eye. No. Yeah. The whole thing was an it's eye. It's actually just like eye. sunken in. And that Ooh. just kind of stuck with me. Yeah. Seeing that, and right as I'm seeing this and kind of like realizing what its face looks like. I feel it reach underneath me and like it pulls something out uh, and it kind of like comes out of like where my tailbone is, okay. like my lower part of my back, like where my tailbone is. And it just kind of is, it's like a very reminiscent of like kind of that thing that you see in the Matrix movie that they plug in. It kind of looks like a, like a guitar cable in a way, yeah. but just real long looking and it was more of like a needle, Ooh. you know? Uh, and right as it as it pulled it out of me, and then as it kind of like lifted it up where I could kind of see it, uh, I woke up. Yeah. Right, and I I woke up. I was somewhere completely different. I didn't even realize that I was even supposed to be there. You know, I don't even remember sleeping there. Yeah. And uh, but I lived there, right? So yeah, but you just like don't. You just all of a sudden you're waking up and you're at your house. Yeah, so I'm like, how how the hell am I here? And I kind of like reach and like feel on the bottom of my back, and there's like some blood. Mm. And I, it's like blood, and I check and see, and I have like a small little cut That's right there wrong. Where, where the tip of my tailbone would be. It's almost like something like would go into your spinal column. Yeah, exactly. Like it, that's what it felt like when it pulled yeah. it out, too. It kind of felt like it was, like, you know. That's wild. Ejecting out of my sensory. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know, think of all the nerve endings that are in that spot, right? Right. Isn't there, like, a ton in your back and your lower back and stuff? Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. So, anyway, I chalked that up to, like, probably being a dream, right? Yeah. But it was so real. It was so vivid that I can still see it, like uh, like like if we went to, you know, Disneyland. Yeah. You, know? you remember it. I can like, remember it, yeah. The only, so. I mean, like, the only even kind of UFO experience or alien experience I think I've had, it was with you. Yeah. It was probably, like, the summer of 2011. Okay, yeah. And, or, no, 12. Yeah, 2012. 2012. And we were at my mom's, and we were in the car in yeah. her driveway. And we're looking out, and, like, where her driveway looks, there's, like, this gap uh, in between the trees and the houses and stuff, and you can kind of see out into the distance. Yeah. And so we're, like, looking, just kind of looking at the sky, looking at the stars, the moon. We always do that. So Yeah, we're always stargazing, looking yeah. for shooting stars and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So we were doing that, and all of a sudden there's, like, this bright, super LED Circle, yeah, like, like a dot in the, in the sky, sky yeah. and all of a sudden, like, it just started moving very erratically, yeah, like up and down and sideways, and like just crazy shapes, yeah, everywhere, yeah. No, like, you a plane doesn't fly like that, no, a drone too, doesn't fly like that, yeah, it was, and it was too fast for like a helicopter, or it was like, like super that. fast, yeah. I have no, and like, and then I think it just kind of like went away. 
Well, no, yeah, well, it kind of did go away, but it got it went behind some trees that we couldn't really see. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. But I, I mean, that's like the only, and it's not. I mean, it's just I saw something in and the sky. Why did I not video it? I know, right? I'm like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? I know. Yeah. We could be on paranormal called on camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would, yeah. Check this out. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's really hard to believe some of this stuff until you kind of have your own experience with it, which is a lot like ghosts, right? Yeah, same. Um, which is kind of crazy because uh, there's a lot of people that experience this, and we yeah. have a few stories to kind of add to this. Well, before that, though, real quick, I have a kid say the damnedest things. Okay, yeah, a kid say the damnedest things. Okay, so when I was seven, while in bed one night, I saw the devil in my ceiling of my bedroom. My mother insisted I must have been sleeping, but I knew I was awake. Years later, when I told my wife and daughter the story, my daughter told us that when she was eight years old, she saw the same thing. Oh, God. She said, I never told you because I thought you wouldn't have believed me. Oh, man. Parents just Isn't don't it? understand. <laughs> no, they don't. They say the damnest things. They really swear. That's so, it's so it's creepy. It's creepy. Like, oh, and so it makes me think as a parent, would I believe every, you know? I don't know. It depends, I guess. It's how serious you're taking, yeah. and kids are sensitive to this kind of. We've said it before, but kids are sensitive to this kind of stuff. Yeah, kind of, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of for sure. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so I guess we uh, have some more stories to add to about the alien abductions. Uh, uh, but before we go any further, uh, we please ask you uh, to hit us up at Hunter Hayes podcast at gmail.com yes and on facebook and instagram yep. at haunted haze podcast on there as well yep hit us up uh give a shout out thanks for all the recent likes thanks yes. for all the shares thanks for all the uh you know just communication Every, back and forth uh, we really appreciate it it's pretty yeah cool. it's been like, fun i'm really excited about it to keep moving forward and we're still we need verses suggestions yeah yeah and we want your stories we're gonna make like a special episode of everybody's stories i think yeah yeah we're kind of working on that yeah so that'll be fun and together a bunch of ghost stories yeah we have a bunch of things coming up so hopefully uh, you've been enjoying it so far hopefully uh you continue to listen yeah uh and continue to Tune into our different uh, scary stories each yeah. week. <laughs> All right, so tell me the stories that you found. All right, so this is in uh, Australia. This is the Gandaya McKay abduction. Oh. Amy Rowlands, the then 22, her husband Keith and her friend Petra were at the Rowlands' home in Gandaya, Australia in October 2001. Petra was woken at 11.15 p.m. Went into the living room where she was horrified to find Amy being carried into a sleeping position out through the window on a beam of light to a huge ship inside. Petra woke Keith, but by the time he entered the room, Amy was gone. The curtain was torn and bushes outside were burnt. Hmm. The pair phoned the police, who struggled to take the claim seriously. However, around 90 minutes later, Keith received a phone call from a woman in McKay, Queensland, an eight-hour drive from Gendai. She said she was with Amy, who was in the hospital, dazed and dehydrated. No one could explain how she traveled such a distance in such a short time. Amy was uninjured, except for red marks on her upper thighs and heels. She said she remembered lying on a bed with tall figures leaning over her, reassuring her and taking samples from her. When she was found, her body hair had grown considerably, 
suggesting she had been gone for much longer than the few short hours she was missing. Wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. This next one is the abduction of Jesse Long. Jesse Long was just five years old when he says he was abducted by aliens for the first time. He was exploring the woods with his brother when they came upon a road structuring in a clearing. A tall figure appeared and paralyzed the boys. Jesse remembers being taken into the craft and placed on a cold table. He could feel the figures around him, poking and prodding his legs. Over the next few years, Jesse says he was abducted repeatedly. He claims he was experimented on, including having sperm extracted that was used to crossbreed with a female alien. In 1990, he says the aliens presented him with a baby, which they said was his. He also met nine more of his hybrid children. <laughs> Jesse, now 65, says he knows many people who won't believe the story, but insists he's telling the truth. <laughs> you think he wonders about his alien baby sometimes? <laughs> it reminds me of that guy from uh, True Blood. He got all those fairy babies. Oh, yeah, the fairy babies. <laughs> yeah. Andy Belfour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, so this next case, this is a pretty uh, famous case, the Barney and Betty Hill case. Barney and Betty Hill were driving back from a holiday in Niagara Falls in September of 1961. They noticed a light in the sky, which got closer, eventually appearing as a huge shape hovering above their car. Barney got out and through his binoculars saw, says he saw 11 humanoid figures in shiny black uniforms and capes watching them. Terrified, the couple drove off. However, they both claimed to have experienced a buzzing sensation, and when they finally arrived home at dawn, the four-hour journey had taken seven hours. Wow. The hill's clothes were torn in strange places, and Betty found a mysterious pink powder on her dress. She began having intense dreams about the experience in which skin samples were taken from her and a needle thrust into her navel. Later, she drew a star map which she said she had been shown by the aliens. Barney and Betty Hill were respected in their community. Barney was involved in the civil rights movement and Betty was a social worker. No one had any reason to suspect they were lying. This is the abduction of Antonio Villas Boas. In October of 1957, a Brazilian farmer named Antonio Vilas Boas saw a red star in the sky. The light got closer until Boas could make out a spaceship, which landed on three long legs in his field. He tried to escape on his tractor, but was grabbed by a small humanoid with blue eyes. Ugh. Boas claimed he was taken aboard the ship and covered in a gel-like subs gel -like substance. He was then forced to have intercourse with a female creature with bright red pubic hair, so as to produce a human-alien hybrid to be raised by aliens. Boss was eventually escorted from the ship and arrived back on Earth four hours later. He had burns on his body, nausea, legions, and headaches, and a doctor diagnosed him as suffering from a radiation sickness. Huh. Boss later trained to become a lawyer and stuck to a story his entire life. And again with the alien babies. Yeah, they like lube them up. Have sex with this <laughs> red-headed girl. With bright red pubic hair. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of sounds like a fantasy, really. Uh, this is the story of Travis Walton and his UFO incident. In November of 1975, six forestry workers in Arizona reported seeing their colleague Travis Walton blasted through the air in a beam of light from a UFO above the trees. The workers reported Walton missing, and police suspected he had been murdered by the group who had disposed of his body. 
But five days later, Walton reappeared, claiming he had been abducted by aliens. He described waking on a table surrounded by small figures in orange gowns. Their skin was smooth and chalky, and their bald heads were too large for their bodies. Their huge eyes were shiny brown. Walton escaped from the aliens and fled through the ship. He eventually met more humans on board dressed in blue uniforms. They didn't speak to him, but forced a gas mask on his face so he lost consciousness. Walton claims the next thing he remembers was waking up shaky and confused on a roadside in Arizona. Hmm. That's interesting. Just party with him. Yeah. <laughs> if I am abducted, hopefully the party aliens abducted. Yeah, right. Yeah, not the creepy. That's what it's all fit in with. <laughs> not the stabby ones, yeah. No, no, no. All right, this is the attempted abduction of Colonel H.G. Shaw. This was one of the earliest reported alien encounters and was written up in the Stockton Evening Mail in 1896. Oh, wow. Colonel H.G. Shaw was traveling with a companion by horse and carriage towards Lodi in California. Suddenly, the horses startled and they saw three strange beings at the side of the road. The creatures were slimmer, slender and humanoid in appearance, but seven feet tall and bald except for a velvet soft down that covered their bodies. They didn't speak but wobbled to one another as if they were chanting. They held lamps that shone unnaturally brilliantly and seemed to be formed from some sort of glowing mineral. Shaw said the creature possessed a strange and indescribable beauty. The aliens attempted to lift Shaw, and he felt they wanted to carry him away, but he was too heavy for them. Eventually they moved away, floating just above the ground. Shaw followed them until they reached a huge cigar-shaped spaceship in the air. The creature slew up to it, disappearing inside the door. The ship departed and was soon lost from sight. That's really interesting. Yeah. The Hillary Porter case. Hillary Porter from Wales claims to have been abducted by aliens countless times through her life. At five years old, she remembers playing in the long grass behind her home. A reptilian alien appeared. It had scaly skin and black holes for a nose and a mouth. It was five feet tall and exceptionally strong. It grabbed her and carried her on its disc-shaped ship. Porter was stripped and placed on a bed, then prodded with various instruments. At that point, she says, she blacked out. Years later, while driving with her husband, she says their car suddenly pulled up at the garage and they both had no memory of how they had got there. When she undressed later that day, she had a triangular red suction mark on her stomach. After all her abductions, Porter suffered piercing migraines, and she has sometimes working with bruises, scratches, and even bloodstains on her clothes. Porter, who once worked at the Ministry of Defense, has made drawings based on memories of her alien encounters. She says the beings communicate with each other telepathically and have been sent to extract human genetic material on Earth. This is uh, the last one I have, the Cory abduction. One night in February 1998, Peter Corey was asleep in his bed when he felt something grab him by the ankles. He experienced pins and needles run through his body and was paralyzed. He saw three beings around his bed. They were gold with slits for mouths and large black eyes. Corey said he was aware the creatures communicated telepathically. They inserted a needle into Corey's head and he blacked out. Corey's second alien encounter was more disturbing. During this one, female aliens with long white blonde hair came to his bed and engaged with him sexually. After the encounter, he found a long blonde hair tied around his penis. Corey claims 
that subsequent DNA analysts found the hair was biologically different to human hair, and he is certain his encounter was extraterrestrial life forms. That's <laughs> another sick fantasy. I know, like, <laughs> these aliens just want to get it on with humans. Yeah. This one, this that one honestly is. makes alien abductions even more terrifying. Yeah, it's very rapey. <laughs> it is very it's rapey. Awful. Well, I have some stories, too, and let's just hope that they're a little less rapey, okay? <laughs> For sure, yeah. Okay. So, number one, the Montana Encounters. Sheila Young, who works as a preschool carer in Troy, Montana, says she and her family were abducted by aliens and that it was the most horrific experience of her life. Mm. The 53-year-old told me that in the fall of 1989, me and my then-husband and our three children were abducted and terrorized every night for six months. Oh, my God. My children, who are now grown, all still suffer from PTSD from our experience. She explained that we lived on an eight-acre farm in a semi-remote location in northwest Montana when our abductions began. I believe that the incident started in October. It was the fall for sure, and it really negatively affected my then-husband while he was hunting. It was the most horrific and terrorizing experience I have encountered to this day. My husband and my three children were playing family games in our home when outside my husband saw a streak of fire shooting across the sky. Wow. We went outside and we saw whatever it was seemed to have crashed and fallen from the sky on the upper part of our land. We investigated the next day as it was too dark to see anything at that time, and we noticed that the treetops seemed burnt, but we found no evidence of anything falling or crashed. The next evening was normal, and we put the children to bed, and my husband and I turned turned in for the evening. Around 3 a.m., we were awoken by a bright light coming through the entire house, and we were keenly aware that we were being watched. Recalling what she says, her encounter with the extraterrestrials, Sheila added, I have a scar where I remember being hooked to some sort of TV monitor night after night with hundreds of other humans. Wow. Those days and hours etched into our memories. We did not report the incidents to our past, or we did, I'm sorry, we did report our incidents to our pastor who came to the house and did a house blessing, which seemed to have helped. Wow, that's weird. She doesn't go into much detail of what happened, though. Yeah. During uh, their. Uh, but for six months for that to be going on, it's crazy. It is terrifying. So this is the vain invasion. Mmm. All right, so this person said, I had an awful experience that I know cannot have been a nightmare because I keep having flashbacks and feel sick with fear when I remember. Yeah. You might know that feeling. Yeah. I woke up and there was people surrounding me, or things. I can't remember what they looked like. I screamed and ran to my mom's room, but she couldn't hear me. When I pulled the covers over her head, nobody was there. Everything sort of melted around me. The story goes on. There was a cannula in my hand, and there was a white fluid in the syringe. I screamed, and they put—I screamed, and then they put me into the cannula. It hurt so much; it felt like I was burning inside, and I remember the pain. I almost blacked out with pain. I felt smoke in my throat, and it tasted acidic and thick. I pushed my way out of this tube, and I ran. I kept on running. They held me down, and they put more liquid in me. The pain almost killed me, and then I blacked out, and I was back in my room. All night, I tossed and turned in pain, and I realized my voice had been totally silenced. The thick smoke in my throat muffled my voice. 
I screamed for them to take it out. I did not wake up until 6 o'clock in the afternoon. My mom had to wake me up because it was so late. The veins in my hand were sticking out and itching and stinging with pain. Oh, God. I took painkillers, but nothing helped. Another user said when I was young, about four or five, I had my experience. Up until a few years ago, I thought it was a dream because it was very vague. But throughout the years, the memory keeps getting more and more clear. Here's what I can remember as of now. I remember me as a child. I'm on the table, and it's like a slab in the middle of an all-white room. It was extremely bright. I was in an outfit that reminds me of a hospital gown, and I can't move my body or my head. I can only look around with my eyes. Mm. Suddenly, the door opens, and it was like an automatic door. Behind the door, it's all white as well, and suddenly, these two people are in the doorway. They were very, very tall, probably like seven foot or so, extremely thin and pure black, so I couldn't make out any features. I've dealt with strange things all my life. Scars magically appearing on my body, bruises when I wake up, etc. That seems to be a running theme, too, in these abductee people. Yeah, I know. Just waking up with sores and scratches. Oh, God, do you think that happens? Yeah, I have a thing in my arm. It's like a bump. You can feel it. Oh, no, babe. I can feel it. Oh, I do kind of feel it. Yeah, what is that? (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy, huh? Babe, I swear to God... Please don't let these aliens abduct me. Uh, I can't control that. <laughs> you have to protect me. Uh, no, I'm sleeping. We got married. <laughs> no, take me and I'm here. <laughs> yes, Wait, exactly. Where was the party aliens? And you're going to let me go with them? Can I go if it's the party aliens on the island? <laughs> <laughs> There's okay. a budding process here. Is there white claws aboard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hop aboard. Come sail away. Come sail away. <laughs> okay, okay. Anyway, sorry. It's okay. I have more stories. So, one of the most enduring of all UFO myths happened in Roswell back in 1947. Oh, uh, yeah. When William Brazell came across what he described as a large area of bright wreckage made of rubber strips, tinfoil, and rather tough paper and sticks. An FBI investigation concluded that the wreckage was from a weather balloon. But it was later revealed that that was probably a nuclear test monitor. Yeah, I've heard that. The secrecy of the government on this issue has left people skeptical to this day. This one is the Pascagoula abduction. Oh, yeah, Mississippi. Charles Hickson and Calvin Palmer were fishing near Pascagoula, Mississippi in 1973 when the pair claimed to have heard whizzing sounds. Next, they spotted a vague oval shape in the sky with two blue flashing lights. Beams apparently came out of the ship, each five foot tall, with bullet-shaped heads. They had no eyes, gray wrinkled skin, and claw-like hands. The two men became famous after the alleged incident, appearing on news programs and even talk shows. Yeah. They wrote a book about their experience. Yeah, that's one of the most talked about uh, alien abductions. There's like a little picture here of their uh, creature, man, creature, yeah. and let me tell you, it's terrifying. Yeah, that's, it looks like a weird, uh, never mind. Yeah, we're not even, it does look, it looks <laughs> dirty. Okay, okay, this one is Whitley Stryber was already well known uh, as an author on aliens and UFOs. When he experienced his first alleged contact in 1985, 
Sleeping on his isolated cabin in New York City, he was, oh, I'm sorry, it's New York State. He was awoken by his alarm. He rushed outside to check what was going on, only to find a creepy, motionless creature standing before him. And then he claims to have taken to a mysterious ship where the creature began experimenting on him. Oh, God. Jonesy experimenting. Yeah, no experimenting aliens. Stryber recalls long needles being stabbed directly into his brain. Stryber has never been the same man after that night. It's like they just test out the needle. Like, ooh, maybe I can stick it in your belly button. Mm. What happens then? stick it right in your brain. (laughs) Okay, so this is the Robert Taylor incident. Okay. Forestry worker Robert Taylor said he spotted a spacecraft in the skies in West Lothian, Scotland in 1979. After spotting the UFOs, he he returned home with torn clothes and scratches all over his chin and thighs. He claimed the flying dome was a large, dark, and metallic object. That's odd. These people clearly see things. Yeah. And remember it. Well, yeah, you would definitely remember something like that. I'm just saying, like, how do you make these things up? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing about with my story, like, with the eyes. Why would I, how, how's that, de- why, why is that detail? And yeah, like, you remember, like, you didn't, you wouldn't make that up. Yeah. That's a weird thing to Why would I have to say they just have, like, big brown eyes? Yeah. You know I, mean? I don't know. All right, so this one says, in November of 1989, a housewife named Linda was allegedly drawn out of her bed in New York and beamed up to a spacecraft covered in bright lights. The incident happened at about 3 a.m. However, there were two witnesses to it. Other unrelated witnesses also have claimed to see the event, some thinking it was a movie being filmed. This is one that has remained a great mystery. Mm. Well, I just want to know, did she ever come back down? Yeah, right? Didn't say that? No, it doesn't say. She got beamed up. I've heard about that, though. Like, people have just disappeared. And don't come back. Just don't come back. I that's hope it's crazy. not the rape aliens. <laughs> that's so awful. That's not funny. Yeah, it's not funny. Yeah, I know. It's just awful and scary. And I know. It's like those, there really are rape aliens, apparently. From these stories? Yeah. They want you to have They're alien stabby. human babies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Air Force Sergeant Charles L. Moody was checking out a meteor shower in New Mexico when around 1.15 a.m., he saw a glowing, metallic, saucer-like object lowering him to the ground. Moody claims it began wobbling unnaturally before making its way towards him. Scared, he tried to start his car, but the engine wouldn't start. He claims that his body then went numb and that the ship began emitting a loud, high-pitched sound. The mysterious craft got so close that he could make out ghoulish, tall figures inside staring at him. The alien trance ended as suddenly as it had began, and Moody found himself driving home. It was around 3 a.m. Over the next few days, he developed a rash that spread all over his body. Weird. That's weird. All right, so... Very weird. uh, This is the last one I have. Ronnie Dawson. He's employed as a crude oil transport driver in Texas. One night, he was inspecting some oil from a large tank battery when he spotted a strange aircraft flying over him. Scared, he kept to his wits and climbed down from the tank and began filming. In the sky, he claims he saw pulsating orbs that rapidly changed altitude and shape. 
Ever since then, Ronnie claims to have continued seeing the lights as though someone or something is watching him. Wow, that's creepy. Yeah, it is. That they know that you know that they know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It, that's super creepy. Really, I just hate it. I mean, I, I would love to see something like that again, like, especially like what we saw with the light and like something in the sky. Oh, yeah. I don't want any more abductions, I don't think. Never. I'm good with that. Unless we're going somewhere awesome. The party aliens. The party aliens. They're welcome. Mm-hmm. No other aliens are welcome. And also, with the party aliens, I want to come home when I want to come home. Uh, I don't Can understand. I Uber? <laughs> yeah, Uber. Yeah, can we galactic Uber? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Again, I got some freaky facts for us. Oh, yes. Awesome. I love freaky facts. All right. So, in 2019, North American UFO sightings jumped from 3,300 to 6,000. Wow. In 2018. From Wow. That's, so that's almost doubled. Yeah. That's wild. So, number one in UFO sightings actually was California. They had 485. And number two is Florida. Three hundred eighty-five. If anybody's gonna see a damn UFO, yeah, someone, some. It's Florida. a Floridian. Yeah, it's a Florida. No, For sure. No offense to Florida. No, but the weirdest shit happens there, and you can't deny it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Always. <laughs> In April of 2020, the Pentagon released UFO footage. So yeah. How crazy is that? I remember us talking about that when it happened. Like. I know, and everybody just kind of brushed it off, like, oh, yeah, did you hear about the aliens? Coronavirus. Yeah, Let's talk about that instead. Yeah, crazy. We're not going to be sick of that in a year. <laughs> All right. Ast- Bring back the aliens. <laughs> Astronomers at Carnegie Institution in Washington, D.C. compiled a list of 17,129 nearby stars that most likely have planets that could support complex life. Damn. So, it definitely. Come on, dude. There's definitely. You're telling me that they know of 17,000 stars. See, yeah. That have planets. How do they know that? I mean, what if they have nine planets? They could have 17 planets. Who knows? Depending yeah, exactly. on the star size, I would think. Uh, yeah. The bigger the star, the more their gravitational pull is. I'm not, I'm not down with, like, the war aliens either. The ones that want to, like, kill you and, and war. I think that's you. only in movies. I don't know. Okay, so I just <laughs> <laughs> so I just have these last two things real quick. All right. All right. A popular culture, oh, in popular culture, the term UFO or unidentified flying object refer, refers to a suspected alien spacecraft, although its definition encompasses any unexplained aerial phenomena. In UFO sightings uh, that have been reported throughout recorded history, happen in various parts of the world raising questions about life on other planets and whether extraterrestrials have visited Earth. They became a major subject of interest and the inspiration behind numerous films and books following the development of rocketry after World War II. Wow. And then flying saucers. The first well-known UFO sighting happened in 1947 when businessman Kenneth Arnold claimed to see a group of non-high-speed objects near Mount Rainier in Washington while flying his small plane. Arnold estimates that the speed of the crescent-shaped object is several thousand miles per hour. He said that they moved like saucers skipping on water. 
the newspaper report that had followed said it was mistakenly stated that the objects were saucer-shaped, hence the term flying saucer. Oh, wow. Well, why did people is that then? Like saucers skipping over water? Yeah, that's weird. Like, that's a weird description. That it's like something nobody would normally say. Right. Really. Well, that, those are those are really good facts. Yeah. Aliens are creepy. The, yeah, creepy yeah. as heck for sure. I would love to see another UFO though. Yes, I'm okay with seeing a UFO, but like. I love painting these things too, by the way. Oh yeah, you should check out Levitation's View. Yeah, check out my. Uh, if you're interested in the, the paintings I do, I, I do a lot of uh, UFOs and aliens and space stuff like that. I just enjoy it. You know, it's, yeah. just, it's just cool to make that stuff. Even here in our little studio we got going on, we got some UFO paintings and stuff. Yeah, we got some UFO paintings yeah. and then. I'm doing sure. a lot of other things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bunch of decor in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, so. Oh, so it's the news. You want the news? Here we go. <laughs> Throughout 2012, a series of bizarre horse murders have been occurring in the English countryside. In January, a two-year-old stallion was found dead, with his eyes, teeth, and genitals mutilated. Months later, in May, a pregnant mare was also found mutilated after being attacked with a blunt object. She died after giving birth to a stillborn fowl. Finally, a few days after, a third horse was found beheaded on a bench marked with a cross topped with a gull's head. No link has been made between the three cases, although locals in each instance claim that black magic or Satanism is somehow involved. At a U.S. Postal Service sorting facility in Orlando, Florida, employees discovered a mysterious package leaking a brown, sticky chemical and covered in tubes and wires. According to its return address, the parcel came from Yemen. Jeffrey Little, the shift supervisor, had the facility evacuated and moved the package to a hazardous material zone. Soon after, Lil became sick, suffering from fatigue, tremors, and neurological issues, all consistent with exposure to toxic chemicals. The Postal Service, however, claims the events never happened and that no such package ever existed, even after other employees and documents confirmed Lil's story. The Postal Service still denies the incident. Doctors have so far been unable to determine Lil's exact illness. Wow. And there you go. That's the scary news of the week. <laughs> I love the no- the music for the news, too. Yeah, yeah made it up myself. Acapella. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you know what time it is. You know what time it is. It's versus. Yeah, so which pit, is scarier? Yeah, which one? So we put one scary thing against another, and we uh, debate which one we think is scarier. So I think it's your turn to pick this week. All right. Right. We got the super duper secret box. Oh yeah. We're Shaking reach it up. In. Here we go. Pull it out of the box. Here we go. Oh wow! Alien abduction versus possession. Swear to God, yeah, we, we never, did not. We did not know that. This yeah. is always random. We were always random. How <laughs> that? We were just uh, meant to talk about aliens today. Yeah, for sure. It's just <laughs> the alien film episode. Uh, so alien abduction versus possession. Well. Uh, I have to give alien abduction a little bit right now because we just pulled this out of the box. Yeah. Randomly. And like we so like really alien abductions, the rape aliens are fresh on the mind. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm scared. But overall, I think I have to give possession to be the scariest thing. A possession, the devil, demon, pos- demon. Yeah, because everybody seems for except for that 
little sentence you told me earlier that some people don't come back. Yes, most people come back. back from an alien abduction. Exactly. And most people seem pretty fine and live Other than some PTSD. Lives. Yeah, a little PTSD. But, you know, <laughs> what's a possession? Possessions can kill you. And take you to hell. <laughs> yeah, both, right? Yeah, like, that's really the worst part of... Um, These aliens can abduct you and take you to heaven. Or just heavens. space. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, whichever way you want to heavens. All right, well, so uh, yeah, at least you're growing up with the aliens. I don't know. There's definitely been some scary abduction movies, like The Fourth Kind. Oh, that one's Dark really Skies. Signs. Well, I guess they don't get abducted inside. Not really, but they came to invade. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to give it to Possessions. What do you think? I think I'm going to go with uh, the aliens right now. Really? Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I know that we said... Be, both of these are just, terrifying, really. Yeah, and I just, like, have we start thinking a about visual of it, of, like, an alien standing in our bedroom door. I know. Babe, we have to switch sides of the bed. I cannot sleep... <laughs> I cannot sleep closest to the door anymore. Did you suppose there's going to be one standing right there? In the doorway. And, like, the dog, Zeppelin, will want to love it. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully it's not menacing and evil. So it also kind of takes us back to a conversation we had before about, like, aliens and demons are they the same thing. Oh, so yeah. So abduction and possession, it's that's also the same, same thing. thing. Um, I know. So I mean, I like being split because I really like both of these are terrifying, really, to me. But I, I lean more possession. But we want to know what you think, like always. Yeah, so send us uh, your thoughts at hauntedhazepodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. Yes, all of the above. Yeah. Because that's what's the funnest part for us is hearing from you. Yeah, the interactions with everyone we've had has been really, yeah. really cool. Like, we've really enjoyed it. Um, Continue to share us, uh, review us, rate us. Uh, thank, you, thank you for all that. Uh, I hope everyone's enjoying uh, all the scary things that we've been talking about. we yeah. got a bunch of ideas coming up, uh, a bunch of things that we plan on doing. Yeah. So. And maybe I'm, I want a guest. Yeah, you want to do a guest? I yeah. Think I have some ideas for some guests, actually. Me too, me too. So, so we'll be getting to that eventually, you know, working our way there. Yeah, yeah. But we have some really good topics coming, too. Yep, yeah, uh, so uh, hopefully you stick with us. Thanks for coming back. Yes. Uh, if this was your first time, welcome to Haunted Days. Yes, <laughs> and like you know, we're going to beg you to death. Go like us on social media. Yeah, and for send sure. us an email. Tell us the scary thing that's happened to you. Yeah, we, that, that's still the main thing. We still want to hear your yes. scary that's stories. That's why we started send this your podcast. Scary stories. Yeah. It's Let us know your scary stories. Reason. Yes. So thank you so much for coming back. Yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back with another episode, episode nine. Yep, next week. Peace yeah. out. Peace out. Stay haunted.